I wasn't chubby when I was little, but then the bullying just got worse and worse. I used to get all sorts, like I was dirty. I smelled like curry. Food was always my thing to go and hide. I had a miscarriage. Uh, I had two, and my weight played a very big part in that, to be fair. When I had my miscarriage, I stood on a train station and I was ready to jump. I thought I'd let everybody down. I don't know who it was. It was some man. In my eyes, I think it was God, to be fair. Saying, You've got a lot to live for. Go and do something special. My first thing was to go on Cambridge diet. I lost like eight pounds in the first week. And then I ended up collapsing at the gym. I went to the gym and it became such so fun. The weight just started to fall off. People think it's an addiction that I go. I go because it makes me feel happy. I'm not doing this because I want to be size zero. I want to do this because I want to be a mom. Welcome back to the Coachcast Cup Pod. <laughs> Please put that in, it would be hilarious. Welcome back to the Coachcast Podcast. My guest today is documenting her fitness journey through her Instagram page. She is currently 13 stone down naturally and using no fad diet. Welcome, Jesse. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No worries, no worries. Um, as as you're probably aware by now, like uh, what the way that I like to start the podcast is basically take a trip down memory lane. Uh, we spoke briefly just before the start, and that you were you were born and brought up in Wolverhampton. But uh, I've had a few up and from Wolverhampton on before, but you're from a, a, a I think a different area, which was the only brown girl in school and things like that. So if if you want to talk about how how that was. Yeah, so we were living in a predominantly Gora area and um, my dad wanted us to go to this one school where my sister was the first Indian to go to that school. They had to kind of apply to the council to let us go there. Um, and we used to have to go to church every bloody Friday. Oh, it was a Catholic, uh, Catholic school? Yeah, Catholic school, yeah. So you can imagine like me at school thinking, wow, what am I doing here? There was me, my friend... Oman came after me and there's one other uh, I don't know what they were from a I think they were Jew or something another person that was non-Catholic in the whole school in our year what was that like then did he get did he get any like comments of what's different or what was the oh yeah 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 no so I used to get all sorts like I was dirty and I've not showered uh I smell like curry probably did to be fair because I used to take brought to school so (laughs) Probably. And then my dad used to wear a bug, so I used to get called a raghead daughter. And my dad was also a policeman as well, so you could imagine growing up all the shit that we used to get growing I used to get, I used to have not many friends, to be fair. Um, I didn't have any. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't chubby in, like, my, when I was little, probably up until I was about eight, nine, um, I was not chubby at all. Like I was quite slim. Um, I was very active. I used to enjoy doing things like PE. Uh, I loved all that sort of stuff. But then the bullying just got worse and worse because obviously my parents wouldn't let me cut my hair. So I used to go to school with the thickest gut ever. <laughs> um, and None, nobody wanted to be my friend and I was just the you know when you used to have that one person that people use as a um a person to take the piss out of just as entertainment during lunch times mm-hmm. um I used to have my friend Umman but he was a guy and he really couldn't 
it was kind of like a flight or fright, fight or flight kind of mode for him as well because he kind of fit in because he was a very good looking boy and all the Gordia loved him and they fancied him so he was always allowed to be in where I wasn't because I was not the same color as them mm-hmm. um, and then I started to gain weight probably around seven where I used to binge eat so I'd go and hide in my store and eat all the crisps that my mom and dad brought from school like for school so I'd, I'd go and hide and I'd eat all the time and my mom and dad didn't realize why I was eating they just thought oh she just doesn't eat proper food so she just you know binge eating and they tried to stop me but I still carried on yeah I feel like uh, I, I probably relate to a lot of parts of that probably more than most because up in Newcastle I've said on the podcast a few times as well like the 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 sort of ethnic community it wasn't really strong at the school that I went to either and there were yeah. a few other up on it but the maybe I don't want to say weren't as proud as me because that's that's obviously like I can't say that like because they could be in a different way but they probably weren't yeah. more as uh as as overt as me like I was very blatantly Punjabi if that makes sense I'd like listen yeah to any Punjabi music but I could hear people saying oh Punjabi MC is coming because the, they'll hear the Dumbi and that's it's instantly like yeah. the, but they'll say it as like a a mocking term uh and and I didn't shy away from it I'd like I'd play doll in assemblies because the teachers would would love me as that token brown kid of yeah we have yeah. ethnic diversity in the school and I'd, I'd laugh <laughs> exactly. yeah. um and then obviously when comments do come at uh, is similar to yourself food was my sort of go-to outlet as well and yeah I think in in I don't know if it's just like the busyness of our up and it parents because they're all they're very work driven all the yeah. time they're just like as long as you feed yourself uh, like as long as we're providing food for you then we're doing our job and sometimes yeah. it's actually like no you need to restrict the food that we're having as well because as a kid you give me red bulls cokes and anything sweets harry bows I'd, I'd have everything at such a young age which now obviously like learning more about even caffeine uh yeah. I, i'm i'm completely off caffeine now but i consume so much at such a young age and say it's so bad for you but you don't realize yeah definitely and then i'm with you but um and then around about i started eating more and more obviously I started to gain weight and then obviously girls naturally will change their hormones and then i just started to put more and more weight on um and food was always my thing to go and hide uh, I think and then I went into high school um and then I, I didn't tell anybody I was getting bullied until I think I was about 11 12 mm-hmm. uh, when I was at my big dad's house which my dad's brother Diaji's house and my cousins were just taking a mickey because I'm the youngest out of everyone and they were just like oh you're going up like you're a little girl now and, and then I, I just started crying and then my my guy sat me down and she's like what's wrong because nobody wants to be my friend at school mm-hmm. and I said at home there's no one my friend because they're all so much older than me like my eldest cousin she's 20 years older than me yeah and my, my sister my sister's one sister's five years and the other one's three years but you never it wasn't cool to hang out with your little sister really come on and then I was like oh no one at home wants to be my friend no one at school wants to be my friend and then um then my dad went to school and literally all hell broke and he was like how have you allowed my daughter to get like this Mm -hmm. and then um 
you know, still I didn't know I was my friend, even with this. And then I thought, right, when I go to high school, I'll make some new friends. The first year was really difficult. And I guess that's when I started to cut myself because I used to be called um, Sati's big little sister, my middle sister's name. So because I was big, they used, yeah. to start, they used to call me that. And I was like, oh, this is not going to stop. So I started to try and cut myself, which clearly didn't resolve anything. And then I started making friends with up there, but then I was quite content. I was like, okay, doesn't matter what size I am. I'm just gonna carry on. And it didn't really impact me for a while. Um, and when then I put more, um, I put more weight on because I watched my mum have a stroke at 30. Right. And then my mum was out of the house for uh, just under 12 months. So we kind of had to, look after ourselves my grandma looked after us but you know obviously old biddy grandma she could do what she wanted to so that was quite difficult for me and again probably I went to food to eat I had counselling so I had a special school counsellor because it, it was trauma mm-hmm. uh, I think I didn't realise it back then but when you see that happening at such a young age it's I still, I used to have nightmares up until about a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. You don't realise it when you're so young, but it, it has like a massive impact. When when you say um, cutting yourself, like, uh, and I think I know what you like alluding to, but it's not, it's not like wrist cutting. It was more so no, no, trying to cut the, like cutting cut, the fat. Yeah. That's why I wanted to clarify it, just because obviously if, if somebody's listening, they might confuse the two, but it was very much a, so you like you would get scissors and try to cut your, your belly fat yeah. off or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it's funny when you're an adult and you say it, but when you're a kid, it, you you genuinely think that would work. Like, um, yeah. you think that, oh, I'm just going to cut off my belly fat and then boom, I'm going to be skinny and I'm going to have a six pack or whatever. And obviously <laughs> it, it's it's that naivety. Were, were a lot of the comments... Uh, so obviously like when you said you went to the Catholic school um, when you were younger a lot of them were like sort of racial comments but then when you got into high school did was that when it would transition to more weight related? It was both to be fair even at primary school they used to call me fatty and fat jazz uh, who ate all the pies I remember that stupid song <laughs> uh, who ate all the pies just you fat bastard um fucking dickhead kids sorry do you know why I laugh Shit. about it now because they all added me on social media and I rejected apart from one person who actually apologized at school and became a friend of mine mm-hmm. everybody else I just caught them off to be fair like I don't need them in my adult life 100% it's, it is funny because I remember like when when I started hitting the gym it was it was really interesting to see that some of the lads who would be picking on me at school a few years earlier before I had like my girl spirit and sort of filled out my body and had like my own sort of body transformation, I guess you could call it. But they went from basically <laughs> like picking on me to to be like, oh, well, we lifts a bit of weight and oh, well, we looks like a lot different now. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't hold grudges, neither do they define me in my adult life. Um, but sometimes I do go into that childlike behaviour um, where I just want to binge eat, but I've been able to probably... Not so much in COVID though, that was probably more harder than I expected. But prior to that, I'm really like disciplined on how to over overcome that. How, so what sparked this, uh, like this change? So 
you've went um from childhood to like well even adolescence all the way through it was even post-marriage wasn't it yeah 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 I married my husband when I was like a fat shit I'm so surprised he married me to be fair because <laughs> he's actually really slim uh, he's got a pot belly now though but he's lost it he loses it very quickly um um what made me okay so there was two factors I've met I, everybody knows um I was shopping for um one of my cousin's weddings and I was not actually buying for myself I was buying for someone else and the lady in the shop said oh we don't cater for your size like wow <laughs> it was on so hard um I went back to the same shop I actually bought a suit my size many years <laughs> later um and then I had a miscarriage uh, actually I had two and they both resulted in my weight because uh, I was so overweight my um, my body was too um, weak to kind of not weak probably unhealthy to carry a child mm-hmm. so, is that, so did that you have to go to the doctor and then he explained like what you would have to do yeah because I was really sick after I had the miscarriage uh, and my weight played a very big part in that, to be fair. Have you, have you like, talked about the medical conditions on, on your platform yet? I don't know if you have or not, so I'm, I'm hesitant uh, to ask. You can ask. I have a... Um, so we'll talk about when I did Cambridge diet first, because I ended up fucking up one of my kidneys. Um, and then I'll tell you about uh, another, a medical condition that I have that quite rare um so we'll go through um my first thing was to go on cambridge diet i've not heard of that diet. Weight. so what, what does that all you do is you eat 600 calories worth of fresh air every day basically just drink juice or soup oh, okay and that's it and it makes just 600 you... calories a day yeah i lost like oh. eight pounds in the first week freaking hell okay and then i ended up collapsing at the gym Mm-hmm. and it wasn't great and then I ended up with a problem with my kidney which made a slight hole in between my kidney and my bladder because right, okay. somehow it's connected I don't ask me yeah. um, so then I am on I could I would have had to have a catheter if my um, kidney and bladder didn't repair and so I was on some medicine for a while fingers it, it repaired but I still take medicine for that anyway which is quite cool and mm-hmm. um, that doesn't really impact me I just have to be mindful of what I eat and make sure I do eat proper food rather than fairy dust so was the was this cause of that liver problem like specifically that diet probably the stuff in Cambridge diet that may have caused it they can't unless they did a full-on biopsy of my kidney oh, uh, which okay. I wasn't gonna let them um yeah. Yep, and then I lost loads of, I lost weight naturally. Started I went to the gym. I remember with my yellow gut jumper. It's always my picture that I look at, and I met the most funniest PT ever. And he taught me so much. He used to give me doner kebabs once a week, just to eat. Yeah, a mixed grill. I'd be like, "Are you sure I can eat this?" Um, and I the weight just started to fall off. To be fair, and I did that for about. And I was with him for two year, two three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but in two thousand and eight, 
I got diagnosed with a rare blood condition. Okay. Uh, so my blood clots, um, it, I have like really, I've got three different elements that cause it to clot. They fight against each other and only 5% of the world have that. So right. I take uh, blood thinners now for life. So how does, how does, how has that like impacted the, the fitness side of things? Do you have to be? Uh, my legs, my legs go to sleep quite constantly because I have a blood clot in my legs. Right. So I could be on the stairmaster sometimes and my leg goes to sleep, but I have to wear special socks, really trendy ones. Yeah, uh, the, like the compression socks that you wear Top on like flights and things. Yeah. yeah, so when you've got a dress on and you've got these bloody compression tights, you look like a right kit sometimes. <laughs> um, but I'm a one leg bigger than the other, so that's because of the form. Um, but other than that, I just have to be mindful of some of the food that I eat. I really recommend going to dietitians. I can't take um, certain, I can't, well, I won't be able to take fat burners or uh, probably not even take creatine, to be honest. I can't take many things that are like make your blood flow move up. Because obviously when you take right. things like fat burners, creatine, things like that, your blood goes up, my yeah. heart rate goes up. I can't afford for too much blood to pump around my body because it's so thin. So it'll just mm-hmm. flood. And then so I'll just How be... does that work in a gym sense? Because obviously following your Instagram uh, yeah. and how that gyms are back open and things, like you work out numerous times in a day sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not even just once. But then you're yeah. saying that you can't have your uh, heart rate up too high because of, of like pumping the blood. Yeah. Rock. That, that yeah I just that. need to manage it like I've got an apple watch so my apple watch will like um as long as I keep it within the fat burning state I'm okay but I guess when you take things like fat burners it pushes you even higher because your heart I don't know if you've ever taken them I have yeah. I'm only allowed to have one coffee a day now I used to drink like three or four coffees a day to be honest but now I'm just like I have coffee I have coffee coffee once a day that's in the morning and then I just have like decaffeinated green tea so do you, do you have to like be wary of your heart rate even when you're in the gym so you can't go into like that red zone let's call it do um, you, like... I, I can, as long as I get to like 160 to 170 but not for a substantial like I could do it for like 10 minutes and then have to bring it back down gradually I can't just pump it back up and then like let it all go down you know right. there's some science behind like my tracking of my um of my heart rate and my watch starts going crazy anyway it'll start like vibrating because if it goes too high yeah yeah is that what is that something that you've put in yourself like that yeah okay okay so i have uh, a thing called a hematologist do you know what one of them are it's a blood doctor right okay my best like she's ace like i'll just message her going i'm not feeling too great what do i do um and like when you've got private health care you get some extra fringe benefits yeah that my workplace give it us for free so that's good that's good uh, yeah because i've got the apple watch as well for myself but um uh, i didn't know that you could do like certain certain things like there's that so, there's so much things you can do with it like it reminds you to breathe meditate yeah. uh, stand up sit down i think it's like the best i don't even use it for like you know like some people read it but use it for texting or reading texts. Uh, why well, it's mainly to track how many steps are done and how many calories are burnt 
Yeah, mine's mainly for like the fitness side of things as well, which is why like now I'm thinking of getting rid of it because I don't like all the other shit like that that comes up, all the notifications and the stand up every hour. I'm like, I know, I know that I need to stand up. Yeah, just don't tell me, buzz me like it tend to all the time. And yeah. um, f- to be fair, like one of my mates has just got a new watch as well. Uh, I forgot the name of it. I think it's like a Gemini something. And he was saying that the biggest difference is, is because of all the other stuff that's in the Apple Watch, the battery life obviously isn't as good. So I, mm-hmm. I don't have my like always on display or anything. And it still only lasts me like a day, day and a half. Whereas mm-hmm. this new watch that he got has all the fitness features, tracks your sleep, all of that stuff. And it lasts him like a week. Because he doesn't oh, wow. have all these, like, he doesn't get notifications from his text messages or anything. It's purely for fitness. So I'm, I'm having a look into it, but I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, when, when, so when you went to your doctor and he basically goes after these miscarriages and he goes, you basically need to change, like, turn everything around. Yeah. Change your lifestyle. Um, and you mentioned there you went on the Oxford, no, Cambridge diet. What, what so did you try any other sort of diets that, Oh, bullshit, basically, is what I'm trying to say. I tried, mate, I've tried Slim Fast. I tried Slim Fast before I got married. That was a bullshit diet. Uh, I've done Slimming World, actually. I found that quite good. I yeah. found it quite easy. I think Slimming World is really good for, you know, somebody that wants to start making some decisions in their life and they can't afford to get a PT to help with the dietitian and, you know, wants to sustain stuff I think that I I, I would always because it promotes you eating some of it I don't agree with because you eat so many carbs and it's okay which is bizarre beyond me but um but I like the fact that it helps people live into their life um but yeah there's been some dodgy diets and stuff you want to shout out any in particular uh Herbalife I've heard of some other ones. I've never tried them, though. What's the other one that's out there? It's Cambridge, Lighter Life. Uh, there's those, because there was DM me saying, would you represent our brand? And I'm like, no. Not at all. Have you been watching that uh, Meet the Khans? Or uh, no. that's been on uh, like Amir Khan show. So his wife um, got a skin lightening product or something. And they were like, can you promote this? And it was it was very much like, well, no, because it sends like a bad message to my kids. And I feel like that's what like people need to do with these sort of fad sort of uh, diet plans. Because I, I was really lucky when I started getting into the gym. One of my mates who um, became a PT uh, eventually, like he, he was very much like, he was already in the gym for a couple of years, had done a lot of research outside of school and, and was already on that sort of trajectory to become yeah. a PT. So then yeah. as soon as I got into it, he was telling me about like macros and and how to train properly and how to track your calories and got me to download MyFitnessPal. Like MyFitnessPal, yes. Exactly. My pal. <laughs> it's <laughs> quite good when you're out there because you can just scan it and that's it and get used to it. And I guess that's all you need really. You need to work out how many calories you need to eat a day and then just fit it in your macros. That's it. That's it. But because he was already on that side of things, I was quite fortunate that I didn't fall into a lot of the them fad diets that you're, you're talking about like the Cambridge I didn't even know what the Cambridge one was I've heard of like Herbal Life and stuff I heard of this one called Atkins but I've never really looked into it and is that the one you eat meat only no that's a carnivore diet that's a carnivore diet I don't know I don't know yeah it's it is really interesting though because I feel like some sometimes like people mistake some of the fad ones for actual like so like the vegan crack or carnivore 
or like just omnivore diets like people ban these terms around so like ketogenic diets and things oh and people, keto yeah like, was it danielle what was her name that i think her name was danielle or something and she did the keto diet thing and she had like abs within like a week or two weeks she got reaped on instagram what was her name Oh, I don't know. She was one of them. See, the, the weird thing is with that is that I, I would be skeptical of that just because it takes on two weeks for like ketogenesis to take place. But um, and this is a thing that I feel like most people don't understand that like it, it takes time for your body to adapt to any diet, which is always like quite where we like you you always see like the beginner gains, but you also see like the beginner drop offs. And like yeah. I imagine when the gym is back uh, opened up and everyone started the diets again, people would be losing what four five six pounds maybe in the first week which is on a on a normal diet that would be unhealthy is how losing it but obviously like at the beginning it's very different but um i don't even know what was going on with that one to be (laughs) (laughs) i think people saw because like when these science terms are banded around as diets and when these fad diets come around i feel like a lot of them get mixed up with each other yeah um and so like for keto for example i've not tried it myself but if it works for Cristiano Ronaldo, it'll work for anybody. But it does take the time for you to get into it properly. It depends how disciplined you're yeah, going to be. Yeah, the keto state, yeah. Exactly. But um, there's there's so many of them fad things around, which is, it's not nice because a lot of the Instagram pages and things promote, it's like a face that you want that body, but they're not actually telling you how they got that body, which is very different. Did you see that? I put a post on today um, on my story where people put like these paddings on their gym leggings on a photo shoot. Right, okay. I have seen this. I've seen this. I put it on my story today and I was like, what the fuck? Like basically they put like bum pads to make the peachy bum thing. Yeah. And this is the world that we live in. Like, you know, photoshopped abs and photoshopped body. I've seen it all like, some one of my friends he called it out he's like Jesse can you see the walk on the floor on the the tiles behind this person and I'm like oh shit yeah you could just see like yeah. the tile will go straight and then it goes walk and walks back out again this is the thing I feel like because you've you've went into the trappings previously you become more aware is that is that why you're a bit more passionate about it no because I probably went into the trap before Instagram to be honest before Instagram was big no but um, I mean like why why you're passionate about it now because I've heard you yeah because I think it it needs to be told because it's unfair for people that are like vulnerable I think if you there's just always some sort of vulnerability when people have gained weight people think oh it's because they're unhealthy they don't care about themselves but fundamentally there's something vulnerable like something not right or there's some sort of vulnerability there and I can speak for myself I was bullied at school and then after I got married, it wasn't the easiest thing for me. Um, you know, I gained more weight after I got married because A, I had a miscarriage. B, I, um, I think I really struggled to meet the expectations of my in-laws. Probably still do, to be honest. Um, so that's one for another day. Um, but I was very free growing up. My parents let me live life, go and see the world uh where I think I became a puppet after I got married and I just went to functions just because I had to I lost who I was as a person and then 
I constantly got did a baby ni hale aya, and I'm like, okay, let me go and buy one from the shop. And then, um, you know, my condition because I take certain medicine, you have to do a cycle of them. And because of COVID, I haven't been able to come up with my current cycle tablets, which means I can't have children with them because I will die or I'll be very ill. Um, so hopefully in a few months time, I can come off them and then I have to inject myself every day. Yeah, it sounds, uh, that doesn't sound nice. And, and I think the, um, that trappings of like meeting expectations of, of in-laws, I think that's a, it's a big thing in the community that doesn't really get spoken about too much. Um, when you did sort of uh, like transition from, after, like when you were starting to lose weight and get into fitness, obviously that's the diet side of things, but what did you do for, uh, like fitness wise obviously you went to the gym uh, you, you didn't like meet your personal trainer straight away so what like what were the things that you were doing in between I met my uh, the personal trainer um, I, I went to the gym every morning at five o'clock why right, okay I what still do, do it now ca- cardio or weights or... yeah I did cardio and weights uh, and now I've changed it slightly because I'm just lazy but I get up every morning to do my fasted cardio uh I go on the stairmaster. Yeah. <laughs> not because I have no people think it's an addiction that I go. I go because it makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. And it makes me start my day in I listen to Bart mm-hmm. uh Keithan. I will listen to something on the stairmaster first thing in the morning. So I've got a fresh head and a direction because I still suffer with anxiety when you've got when you've got this stupid blood condition like I have it's really straining on your mental health and things like that and I mentioned it to you that I wanted but I want to touch bite because I feel like yes people just ban the terminology around but I'll tell you a story um when I had my miscarriage I stood in a train station and I was ready to jump off a train track Mm -hmm. It got so bad because I thought I'd let everybody down. I'm married to an only son and they expect a lot of me and I can't live to their expectation because it's just not the way I'm programmed. So I felt like I was a failure. And um, somebody, I don't know who it was, it was some man. In my eyes, I think it was God, to be fair, saying, you've got a lot to live for, go and do something special. And, and I feel like my message in life is, you know, you know, I'm going to do a post by actually, you know, saying no is very difficult, but you have to do it. And the person who's getting the no needs to learn to accept that no is okay too. Um, so when I get on that stairmaster every day, I have a goal in my head that, do you know what? I'm not doing this because I want to be size zero. I want to do this because I want to be a mom. Yeah. That's my biggest drive at the moment. And in my five questions, you'll get to hear that too. That the day I say I have a healthy child in my house because I made myself happy will probably the day that I fulfilled what I was put onto earth for and my purpose. And yes, I have, I'll still keep training and I'll lose weight, but I just want to make that message aware that, you know what, it's okay to go to the gym at the age of 31 when you're married you know instead of going to the good like to a family function take and eating like crap at a party you can sit there with your lunchbox like I used to 
that, that was something that I wanted to touch on later, but that, that what you've just said is very, very powerful. Um, extremely powerful. Uh, sort of speechless, to be honest, because I don't really know which part to like talk about there. Like the, the old man or whoever approached you, well, God bless him first, first and foremost, because in, in this busy, busy fucking world where nobody gives a shit about anybody, like for him to go out of his way and, and just be like, look, you've got someone to live for. God bless him for doing that. Um, yeah. How how did you sort of approach the mental health side of things after that? Because I assume that, like you 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 said that you had counselling and stuff at school as well. So is that something that you've kept throughout later life as well? Or uh, not really until this point where I actually had to go and get a counsellor. It was that like uh, another wake up call of that you need to go. Yeah, back to the I was like, when it, like I was like, what the hell? This is just so taboo. Like, funny enough, my dad's actually a counsellor now. And I just thought, oh, this is just dumb. I don't need to see a counsellor. Um, but she was really nice. Uh, I, I've seen her a, uh, a few times. I had a car accident two years ago, which was quite bad. Mm-hmm. And I helped. she helped me with the trauma of that. Um, and just because you're going to see a shrink doesn't make you mad. Remember, like, the whole thing before, oh, if you need to go and get help, you're going bargers, or you're mad, or you're stupid when you get your ears ring and things like that it's okay to go and seek help yeah and the more we can talk about it in a positive light like it isn't going to fix everything because you have to do the main thing Mm -hmm. but as long when you acknowledge the fact that you need help they will give you the tools to um get that help i was speaking to um bali bali chima he's also got a podcast and he's also into lifting and things and he talks about mental health a lot as well and on that podcast he was like i just rang rang them up so he, he like he went through the doctors and was like this is what's going on they went right we'll, we'll um we'll pass you on to like a team of therapists and i think he had to like an arrange appointment and, and talk to them on that and he was like i just spoke to this person on the phone and within 20 minutes like all this stuff just came out and he didn't even expect it it's because yeah. these people are trained professionals do you know what I mean like you might not be uh quote unquote bargain like we're saying because uh, even that is uh, is stupid do you know what I mean I feel like that's where that's a very cultural thing for us yeah. as, as like South Asians that we have to deal with the stigmas of it but that that's a that's another conversation itself but they're trained professionals to help you identify what the problem is and help you work on it it's not just right you go there once and they give you all the answers it's it's more so like they ask you the questions that force you to ask yourself them questions if that makes sense and like Mm -hmm. that people hold all these doctor doctor degrees really highly in the south asian community but when it comes to mental health and it's like oh no and it's a it's it's a very strange topic but i think it's because they faced it but they didn't know what it was yeah 100 when you when you hear about like especially in our community of like alcoholism and things like that and you don't know where it stems from yeah and drugs and things like that and uh what is it called vices unhealthy vices basically and everybody's got them but it's it's just picking your vice if you if you transform food or indulging in food to gym Mm. you're just switching one for the other you still got an outlet but it's just one's yeah. unhealthy and one's a bit more healthy. And don't get yeah. me wrong, people can go down the gym route and also make that really unhealthy as yeah. well as in striving for bodies that don't exist or like pushing themselves to the ground because they, they feel some sort of insecurity in what whatever way. But if you just make them small little steps and substitute one for the other, it's, it's, it should be really good. Um, hopefully anyway. So when 
when you you've, this was more recently the, the mental mental health uh, car crush. No, not, not the car. When you were at the train station, how long ago was this? Um, probably about four years ago now, four or five years ago. So at that point, had you already started like your Instagram page and things like that, or no? Was that more um, recently? I think I didn't read, like I unstupidly didn't document my first transit on Instagram because I didn't read. I used to use Instagram for nothing interesting, to be fair, because it wasn't that big back then. Yeah, nobody everybody does. Still be, everybody was on Facebook, really, and then even then, like I just kept it quite quiet because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, what? Actually, should I tell you how it started? We had a bet at work in January who could lose the most weight in 20, whatever year it was. And we used to pay a pound a week to get weighed. Right. And it became such so fun. And I lost so I won every month the money, but it became like fun. So I let my friend Cheryl used to keep the money. And then at the end, she basically gave me a big wad of cash. So when I bought some new clothes. It's a good incentive, isn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was fun. Nothing fit me to be fair. And then, yeah, uh, so then, what led you to um, start the Instagram page? Because, like, putting yourself out there like that's obviously got to take some balls as well. My friend told me to put myself out there. He was like, "Wow, you've done so well. Just put a transformation picture up and see what happens." And then I remember, like, I only had like about 20, 30 followers. And then do you remember Seek Muscle, the old Seek Muscle? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They reposted my thingy and ended up having like 500 followers. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, they've been, a, that page is goaded. Um, and they've been really helpful in the podcast as well with a lot of the fitness guests that we've had on. They constantly yeah. posted the stories and stuff, which is, is really cool. Um, the, what, what was the sort of response that you got from, from like social media? Because... From I got go- really good policy. They were like, wow, this is brilliant. Like, I think people are more shocked that you're able to do this after you get married. Because I guess mm-hmm. people do their transformations before they get married. Um, before where the I wedding day. It. Yeah, actually after. <laughs> <laughs> Two years after I got married, I was like, oh, I need to make a change with my life. But I feel like that's probably better because as you say, like, you don't, like, you're not doing it for anybody else, like you said before. You're doing it for yourself. So, and and I think a lot of the people that do it for the wedding day, credit to them. Obviously, it still takes a lot of hard work and effort. But then it is like for what other people will perceive you on your day, or for your photos yeah. that you want your kids to see, or whatever. But you should just do what makes you feel happy at the time. Do you know what I mean? And I wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the right time then, and it was now. So that's how I see it. Maybe although it wasn't the time. Mm-hmm. what do you think you've like um learned from like nutrition and and like weightlifting wise from the start of your fitness journey till like now has there been massive differences yeah probably how my forms have improved dramatically I can lift a hell of a lot of weight which is quite cool I yeah. didn't even realize I had that much strength um and nutrition wise probably you know um you can eat everything as long as you're within your macros and your um eating healthy and also for me it's like what can I eat that's going to be benefit beneficial for my medical condition as well because there's no point in eating something that's going to aggravate me even more and make me more sick so it's all about like too much acidy stuff can fuck up my kidney too much kale makes my blood too thin and it's just like some I'm not I'm not a dietitian and I was going to ask for help but I have a nutritionist as well 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I get one for, with, because of my condition. I can go to a nutritionist and ask for help. That's very cool. And always learn about what's good for you. Um, and eating at Alubrota is okay. Oh, I could do one. Like today, my breakfast was Prashad. I don't go to one this morning. <laughs> then I went to gym after. It's all right. It's kind of balanced. Not a bad breakfast, to be fair. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> It's uh, no, it's it's. I think everyone just needs to learn what works for them, isn't it? Because everybody wants to chase all these different diets, like we were speaking about before. But people do like go to these diets and things that that might not actually work for them specifically. Not just is in like um physically, like the impact that it has on the body, but even mentally. Like if you yeah. do need to have a, a lubrot on a Sunday, have one. Your trainer yeah. at the beginning is probably like was really sensible in saying, okay, be clean, but then here's a kebab. If that's if that's what you really like, have it once I like a pizza. week. I would rather have had a pizza to be honest. You should have told told him have pizza instead. You would have switched out. <laughs> Although no cheat meals for a little while until I lose some of this COVID weight. Yeah, that that's the thing that everyone's everyone's gonna have to get back into. Um, weight training wise, and I like what you said before that obviously you started it in later life and nobody should be uh, embarrassed. And I feel like. Uh, to, to do it in later life because I feel like it is very important um, mm. at any any age um, if anything maybe don't don't go too early but definitely there's never too late no. you, know what I mean? like, if you need to be a bit sensible and maybe let your body mature into what it is uh, or yeah. what it is supposed to be but definitely like there's no upper age limit keep on doing it you see some on the Seek Muscle page they have um, they, they were post a, a guy quite often. I think he's in his 60s or his 70s. And he lives yeah. more than most Monday, like our age sort of thing. And honestly, inspirational. Um, yeah. But when you do weight training, do you like lift heavy? Do you do compounds? Do, do you, what, what's your sort of split like? I do, I do a mixture to be fair. Like I always like to go, I always have one really heavy leg day. Mm-hmm. And then I do a lot of reps to try and lose weight because it's a kind of form of, you know, cardio and stuff like that when you go, um, I hate upper body, but I need to get better, right? Yeah. I like deadlifts. They're my favourite. Leg press is probably my second favourite and squats. I, before lockdown, I managed to squat 120 kg. With, that's not including the bar. I leg pressed um, 400 kg plus a bunda. Plus a bunda, okay. Yeah, who is now my PT. <laughs> and I can deadlift before lockdown, probably before lockdown, I could deadlift about 140. Impressive numbers, impressive numbers. And that's the age of 35 with a blood clot. But smashed it, that's what I'm saying, like, it, it, it's an inspiration, do you know what I mean? Like, it's... But do you know what it is? It's all up here, it's all in your mind. I, if I went in and go, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah. Even if I feel like shit during a PT session, I keep going, I've got to smash this. I've got to smash this. I've got to smash this. And that's what I tell myself in every gym session. That's I've spoken about this on the podcast a few times, like of, of like this story. So when I deadlifted 200 kilograms, it took me weeks. And I, I knew I could do it. Like physically, I could probably right. do it. I'll just, I'll just show, show up with mine. <laughs> no, no, no. No, okay. He just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> no, no, I'll, okay, I'll use, I'll use the same example for 100 kilograms then. It's that round <laughs> number, basically. It's that round number. So when I was going up to 100 kilograms, I could do 90, 95, and I could do it for reps easily. But for some reason in my mind, it was just that 100 kilograms sounds like such a big weight. And, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it took me up 
absolutely ages. And then when I did 100, it was fine, f- flied up. And then the same thing happened <laughs> to 200. And I thought yeah. I'd, I've overcame this mental barrier at 100, but then it, it came up again just because it's a big, a big yeah. number. And a lot of it is mind and uh, yeah. mind over matter. And but again, like when we're speaking about age as well, that's that's a number which is just mind over matter as well. Um, and I feel like, and, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, and like lifting heavy is just a little bit of a pride thing. It's not a necessity because, mm-hmm. you know, to lose weight, it isn't, you don't need to lift heavy, heavy, heavy amount to lose weight. It's just, for me, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. And that's why I always try to have like one really heavy day. And the other days I'll do like pyramids where I'll go high, then I'll drop down again. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I'm like, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> but oh. that's the best. That's the best days when you can't feel your legs. Um, you know, <laughs> you know you've done something good. Um, yeah. We, we spoke about lockdowns and things. Uh, like obviously, uh, and go, getting back into the gym. How how was lockdown for yourself? So obviously, going through this fitness transformation and sort of becoming like a gym rat. I guess how was it with gyms being closed? It was awful. I had to make some makeshift gym in my garage. Then I was living in a construction site because I was getting my house done at the same time. And to be fair, last summer one was fine. I'd lost in that one. For some reason, this one, the mid-year one was the one in, when did we have, December one was okay too. Mm -hmm. It was this year one, you know, from January. I found it so hard. It's it's that repetitiveness, isn't it? Like I think the first one, everybody sort of was like, Oh my God, we're gonna break from work. We, we're gonna catch up with the friends that we haven't seen or talked to, sorry, in in so long. Um, that John Wick was on Instagram every morning <laughs> doing bloody home workouts. So everyone was still quite upbeat about the situation, like capitalizing on it. I feel like yeah. the second and the third ones, it was like, right, I'm a bit bored now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I could go bike riding. I did lots of bike riding in the the summer. Like I went to different towns on my bike, and then. I think the thing I find the hardest is not being able to go see my parents mm-hmm. or my family. Like my husband went out to work and I was stuck at home. Because you live in Leeds now, right? I do, so, yeah. So it's a bit it's a bit more difficult to go to Wolverhampton than it is probably to dip on the corner to see someone <laughs> on <Yeah>. the slide. <laughs> yeah, I, I, be, yeah, I had to stay away from people as well because I, I just didn't want to get sick. But I've been double jabbed now. I've had both of my jabs so I can see people and not be sick smashed it how was that how did you feel any side effects and stuff for the job so the first one was like hell right and the second job apart from feeling a little bit sick and a headache i'm all right okay that's not too bad but the, it hurts you know when you've had your injections they're proper hurt and because i'm on blood thinners i've got like a massive bruise like someone's punched me in my arm oh that's not nice i, I want to i heard something very funny and uh, this is the shittest transition ever, but I want to talk about it anyway, um, is, the, and you mentioned it before, the, the meal prep to like weddings and things. So yeah. you, you rock up to a wedding, everybody's having the wedding food of like immaculate food that everybody would dream of, as, yeah. as pakore, samosa, all these things. How do you stop yourself from eating all of that and having your pack lunch that you've... you've... So, I'd be like, right, pass me some salads, I'd make salad. Yeah, and I'd probably have you know in the start I'd just nick some of the chicken. I'm not, I, and then I'm not really bothered. And then by the time it got to dessert, I'd probably just go and dance, or because the dance floor wasn't, I'd just like sit there with my lunchbox going, "What are you lot all eating?" Yeah, and just look. Like, <laughs> 
and then but then recently I'll just eat what they're having like I'll just change my diet around for the the wedding part uh like I won't have the brati in the morning or the samosa and the bagari I'll just have like my I would have eaten something like porridge beforehand just so I've got enough fuel in me to, for the wedding party and then just dance it off has your relationship with food changes and like now you see it more as fuel or can you still like enjoy and indulge oh. in certain things yeah any day give me a chocolate cake yeah and pizza oh, i'll just be like that's it here but yeah like certain things like i can't even stomach it anymore to be honest like i wouldn't be able to eat i'm on half brata and i'm dead mm-hmm. oh, i can't eat anymore <laughs> or um i'll have sars but without the turka okay yeah um and i'll just have that as spinach and but a little bit um but i guess you food is a thing that too much of everything will make you sick yeah yeah like too much like if you eat too much fruit is bad for you too much veg is bad for you too much protein is bad for you too much carbs are bad for you you just got to balance it all out and i guess we've got back to the story of your macros and things like that but Gordon said something really good yesterday. He said you need carbs in your diet or protein in your diet and things like that. It's quite a good conversation. He does say some smart things sometimes. <laughs> if you listen to, you can cut this bit out because I don't want to give him a big head. <laughs> but he does raise some good questions, like you know, like veganism. How much? How good is that for you? How can we prove all apart from for the nat for nature and like? That sort of how is it you know what's good for us what isn't you know what I mean there's like so and even things. even that can be argued like because they, they need to make substitute products so then they have to compensate in other ways and sometimes that can hurt the um, environment. environment as well like and and well <laughs> yesterday I was in town and they were walking around with TVs of a slaughter farm yeah like I, I can I like... can understand that point of like if like if if that's how you feel and when you see if you've seen someone bring out a plate of chicken and you're thinking about little chickens that have just been slaughtered okay then fair enough yeah fair enough you do you in it but yeah if that doesn't affect somebody else then don't really like push it on them do you know what I mean like mm. just do what you feel is best for you and if 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 there is something that is like very powerful then the message will go through to everybody anyway do you know what I mean I think I would eventually I was a vegetarian for 10 years though oh really up until I was 30 right why do you uh, why is it most people are going the opposite direction you try to be like a hipster and just rebel against everything <laughs> oh, i don't even know what happened i think you started with a chicken and mushroom pie to be honest <laughs> and then it just went downhill but i won't go back there but not um i want to go back there purely for sicky i think right, and for yeah, humanity yeah. and probably once i've learned how to adapt to that diet i think i want to go back to it because that's the original reason why i was a vegetarian in the first place i didn't eat eggs i didn't have biscuits with eggs in i didn't have i think i lived on linda mccartney sausages to be honest yeah. and mushrooms and halloumi cheese from nando's oh that is very nice that's very very nice but yeah I, on that side of things obviously yeah if, if it brings you closer to god as well then fair enough do it i i i say all these things but i regularly take breaks of of eating meat like i'll eat meat and then for a month or two i'll go vegetarian and and just sort it of get boring don't you think eating meat all the time yeah exactly and plus it's uh, i feel quite um 
I just feel Hulk. I don't know. I don't know how. Like, I feel rejuvenated when I take a break off of eating meat. Like, y- your stomach needs a bit of rest from all the processing and things as well. So, um, and it is good. But I feel this is this is the thing. I think is is you should probably try a bit of everything. Don't. But when you were saying too much of one thing is is bad for you, and that's with yeah. everything. But even if it's like vegetables, like a lot of vegetables, um, or have their own protection so like that they don't like uh get. Well, like their defense mechanism so like an animal's defense mechanism is that it could probably kill you but like a vegetable or a plant will have certain um ingredients in it or certain chemicals in it naturally not like pesticides and stuff that is like if if somebody was to overindulge in any one thing they would get sick yeah so if you have too yeah. many carrots you'll get sick but if you have a whole host of vegetables and it's good but if you have a whole host of everything it's good it's only if you have that one thing and alcohol's the best example of that do you know what I mean people they always say, oh, drink red wine, it's good for your heart, or drink a, a, one glassy. Yeah, do you know what I mean? One glassy of whiskey or something, one peg is fine. Indians yeah. don't listen to that shit, though, so that's what it gets wrong. Yeah, the whole, the whole jug of it, and like, whiskey, I'm just like, where does that one whiskey bottle go? Exactly. I don't know how anybody can drink whiskey, it's disgusting. What? A, a question that I want to ask, and I feel like now that we've sort of got into the conversation a bit more, and it, I already told you about this, this question before we started, uh, but so when okay so you went to the doctor and and they've sort of said you need to make a lifestyle change however it could be argued that when you were growing up some of the comments you received were also encouraging that but in a negative way and obviously like the the response that you had from uh them comments was taken negatively and the the response from the comments from the doctor were taken positively and i understand they are two very completely different situations but speaking to for example Manj who said that he transformed their comments um into like fuel like motivation so when he went to the gym he would think about all the the fat shaming comments and sort of turn them into positivity and similarly myself when I went to the gym that's sort of what I did as well could you argue that them comments are can be beneficial um no I think they were quite hindering because they resulted in me eating more and they were not my motivation at all. But uh, so when I, okay, um, I don't mean just for yourself. I mean, on a like, uh, on a sort of wider. Um, I think um, there can be, but for some people, but I guess you've all got to remember that each individual, per- I'm trying to think of like a not political correct question answer, but it's going to be politically correct. No, I'm joking. It can result in like people committing suicide and things like that. And that's not right. Yeah, it is. A, it's a difficult one. I've because uh, when, when we organised this podcast, it? yeah, and when we organised this podcast, this is the one question that was going back and forth because I know that obviously you, the the cutting story. I heard this, and that's when like I had this question in my mind because it's and I said it to Band as well is that for him to turn it into a positive and for myself to turn it into positive is it doesn't happen with everybody and it's like it's a spiraling effect so yeah either that spiral goes down or up and fortunately for him he was able to turn it into an upward spiral use it as motivation but for like many people it can go down and I'd probably argue that more people will probably go down than than up so it's a very difficult one but it's the the argument that I had when, when I'm thinking about this and I have thought about this for the past few days like circling around in my mind a lot is if these comments were something that you could not change, for example, okay. skin, yeah, skin yeah. color, 
if it was like racial or if it was a disability or if it was like something that you just that that's not the fault of the person that you were attacking um then obviously unquestionably is wrong you can't say that it's right there's no there's not even one percent of an argument that could say it's right but when it's something that is literally like they're saying you're unhealthy but in a very disgusting way and can sort of in a person can change that my argument is that there's some sort of thing in there that is like you know what it's not you, you shouldn't be able to get rid of that completely either. Yeah. Because you need a reality check sometimes. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree. And, you know, funnily, like, funnily enough, when I'm lifting, I go back to that state of when somebody is calling me fat or I got rejected by guys for not being skinny. People say, oh, you've got a banging personality. If you just lose a little bit of weight, you know, we maybe consider you to get married. So it, it does. It there's no right or wrong answer to this question, to be honest. I'm going to look at it from two perspectives. It can be really bad because of obviously the cut in, but it can also motivate people. Indirectly, it's probably motivating me without me even realising because when, when I'm struggling on the Stairmaster, that last push, I go back into that, you know, those words. But I think I've let go of them now. Mm-hmm. And because I can talk about it without crying or being sad um, or having any hate towards it. Those words don't mean anything to me, but I can put myself back into that childlike way just to push myself that little bit further. So in that sense, yeah, I think it's great. And I get some personal satisfaction when I've proved all those people wrong Mm because they said I was going to be a failure. Uh, You know, my family said it as well. My dad was like, oh, you're going to have to get married to somebody from India. Um, you're not going to really have much career opportunities. I married somebody from Leeds who's pretty all right, and I've got a pretty cool job. Yeah, it is again, as I say, it is a weird one. And and me having this argument does not condone anyone like saying them things. Do you know what I mean like no. it, 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 like obviously before I went into the gym, there was maybe three four years of where I was fat and got the comments and didn't do anything about it other than eat more food as well yeah and and that sort of state isn't healthy and it's mentally healthy physically healthy anything mm-hmm. but when you make that mental switch and you can dip into it as motivation and you yeah. can record the emotions and and use that as like fuel then that is something very powerful and, yeah. it's, and it's hard to explain that and articulate it correctly without seeming offensive or condoning the words but and i'm not yeah. trying to do that if that makes sense i'm not yeah, i'm not I, as articulate yet as i probably should be i know i've got a podcast and shit but i need to be better with my words i think <laughs> no i think you know how to channel that part of your life to mm. work to your advantage but i do recommend that if people are still feeling like that you know that as it, it's a way of going back to that childlike to use that and they've not let it go i go and talk to somebody or journal how you feel because as soon as you overcome that you know it's so much easier to just push it back like I do and if I just need that extra bit of motivation to be fair I don't really need to because people piss me off on a day-to-day basis so I'll just <laughs> use that you know I would say some of the stuff but I know that this is going to get out public and last thing I want to do is get judged me off on someone in my household <laughs> I think you were just giving it away there, but never mind. My <laughs> <laughs> husband's cool here. I just like such an idiot. Just, be, <laughs> just laugh about it. 
Yeah, no, I think it is a powerful thing, but it's again, it's it's hard to articulate it properly because it is such a delicate thing. It's like there is a fine yeah. line between that spiral of going upwards or downwards. Like if you can channel it upwards, you're winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've hit the jackpot, but it can um, go downwards so much, much more often. And if anybody is going through this now, like um, because people do, I think it's worse now than what we had because mm. it ended at school. When are they yeah. get it through social media, they get it through WhatsApp. You know, what I would say is if you're getting this sort of treatment, like I would go and speak to your parents or and just say, look, I want to make a healthy lifestyle choice. Don't do it because you want to prove these people or actually prove them wrong. But also just because when you're older, it's very difficult to lose that weight and you can become very unhealthy, mm-hmm. um, physically, emotionally very unhealthy so if you're experiencing this experiencing this now this is what I would do if I was when I'm a mom I want my kids to do all sorts of activities and you know have fun with food but eat the right things because I never want them to go through that trauma of being bullied because of their size race or gender if they get bullied for that then that's just you can sort that out but when it's something to do with their weight and things like that I feel like as a parent, I'll have to have some sort of accountability to help that. And if I can bring it, like my, me and my husband eat pretty decent, healthy stuff, apart from he does eat McDonald's every day, now and then, you know, <laughs> but try and live like a healthy, balanced life. Then um, if anybody that's experiencing that bully, please don't be like me and keep quiet. Go and get some help before it gets bad. 100%. Always, always reach out. Like, and if you, and never feel like like you reaching out as being a burden because it isn't. If if you feel like you can't reach out to a certain somebody, then reach out to somebody else. If yeah. if not, I'll I think on the on the Bali podcast, um, I've left links of um websites that you can contact, and I'll do the same on this podcast as well. I'll put it in yeah. the link because again, it's it's fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's it's the only way to it sort of explain fucked, it. Yeah. It's fucked, and I think humans you, are fucked. <laughs> But you hit the nail on the head as well with the whole social media crack is like, obviously, now it doesn't stop at school. It, it continues on into every sort of every like interaction that you have, because most of the interactions now are online and mm. also going full circle of, of body image standards and things on, on yeah. social media is 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 fucked and and unless you do notice the little squiggly line in the tiles behind them, most kids won't notice that. Most kids will think insert influencer who has had plastic surgery who hasn't informed their audience of it here yeah. that person obviously that the kids um look at that and think it's real and and it's not like i think it was on the social dilemma if, if you watched that um yeah. netflix documentary honestly it's absolutely phenomenal but one of the like and it, and it opens your eyes onto a lot of things and they were saying in that that one like plastic surgeons now have a term for what like a lot of young people want to like do to their face and it's literally called like a filter face like snapchat filters they want to so a lot of kids will go into or or young people i should say because i doubt any under 18 will probably get permission to do it Hmm. but a lot of young people will go into plastic surgeries uh places and want to make their facial structure more like what their snapchat filter makes them look like um because it'll like get rid of all the blemishes it'll enhance their cheekbones it'll make their lips a bit more fuller i just need to lose uh, a bit of weight and then that happens to me well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my face goes my face loses it first in fact it has lost some this week and then everything else follows after so exactly and th- like you said when you're in the gym you feel accomplished if you get it done first thing yeah. in the morning the endorphins are going 
and you, you won't need any of that crack from on, from social media because you, you, you're killing it yourself. Talking yeah. about social media, obviously you've got your page, which will obviously be linked in the description for people to check out. Uh, probably yeah. said, said that earlier, <laughs> but um, <laughs> better late than never. Um, but also what we sort of interacted through initially was Clubhouse. Which, yes, uh, we did, yes. You're uh, you're you're the superstar on Clubhouse. You've got so many different rooms and things. Talk about what led you to get into that. Why you created rooms? What the rooms were about? I think Clubhouse is a way that you can get different people's opinions without, like the, you know, when you can't speak to people. Like I like to speak to various people when I'm at work, um, and I think it's a little bit safer to say stuff rather than sometimes on your social media when you've got like your family and that on there. Because obviously I have to protect them. Um, I am probably sometimes I do post shit and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> but it's all right. I don't really give a fuck. If you don't like me, you can unfollow me. That's that's my ethos. Yeah. And the good thing about Clubhouse is you get to speak to all sorts of people from all over the world. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you come into some of the banded joke rooms, but you know, we have a room called the Brits are here where people from all over the world come. And they want to know stuff what British people do, and it's just banter, a lot of jokes. Um, and then obviously I want my own TV show called Silver Jar. Um, and I'm gonna have I get people to come speak to me. I've got like loads of feedback experience, and um, yeah, hopefully one day I'll be on Netflix with my own TV channel. But you're gonna be on TV soon as well with a different TV show, yeah? I am, yeah. yeah. Oh, we allowed to speak to about that, or not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay, but keep updated because yeah. because uh yeah I think I think I've spoken to you about this on off podcast. I think it was on Clubhouse, um. But yeah, that should be happening shortly on a channel near you. Yeah, <laughs> a I national channel in the. I know. I'm not very good at live TV without swearing. Mm. So I've just been practicing not saying for fuck's sake. <laughs> Is it live? Um, yeah, 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 it'll be live. Oh wow. Things um but good, I'm just good luck with that one. That, do you know if that doesn't pay off then I'm gonna still keep trying like I've got to just get my letter together of what my concept is um and then I've got I'm just gonna put it down and just say look I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey but the Punjabi version yeah that's that's the exactly what that's exactly what India is missing right now is the Oprah Winfrey <laughs> um yeah I really enjoyed this conversation we've touched on like so many different aspects of uh of physical health mental health a bit of uh putting the world to rights everything uh, all of the above (laughs) (laughs) um and as i say your um your link will be in the description for your instagram and i'll I'll leave the mental health uh link as well in in there but as you know i like to end each podcast with the same five questions that i ask to every single guest as a nice bit just round off the podcast so um Number one is, what are you most proud of? Um, not giving up when things got hard. And so, I managed to lose some, some weight, yeah. <laughs> very good answer. Um, what are you most looking forward to? Being a mom, one day. I knew that was going to come. <laughs> um, it might be similar on this one. What is your biggest motivation? To be the most healthiest version of myself that I can be. What is your definition of success? Um, doing what I was put on earth to do, and that's to make a difference. 
And last but not least, because it's the Culture Cast podcast, how has your culture affected you this far? It's been difficult, but it's been the most amazing journey and I would never change being who I am. And I'm so proud to be Sikh. Smashed it. Smashed it indeed. Um, yeah, as I say, I've really enjoyed this. I do want to say that I have a really cool job though. I know we didn't touch on any of the robotic stuff and like computers yeah. and, and things like that, but I'm actually a tech geek, aren't I? So you could have put it in my bio that she plays that she manages robots in the daytime and puts <laughs> the world to right at the in the evening. Yeah. I think um I don't know if you mentioned this on Clubhouse or not. The robot side of thing was uh so you program like you do a lot of like algorithms and things. Uh, no. no, I do. No, so uh, algorithms. So I actually program robots to do jobs. Is it like physical robots or like computer? Like computer is it robots? Is um AI artificial intelligence? I work with. Oh, smash it! So what? Like so? Like uh, uh, I think no. I'm pretty sure you did mention this on Clubhouse. You know, it was it's something to do with finance or banks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work with finance and having a look, like looking for fraud, writing letters. Sending emails, reading emails, responding to emails, uh, doing transactions, refunding customers. So what then you you set up the back end so that the company can do with it himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I am a manager of robots. (laughs) Wicked. (laughs) I managed people for a very long time and then I moved on to robots onwards and upwards they'll be then if, if terminate is anything to go by <laughs> best to be on their good side yeah i did that i started that job when i was about 32 oh really so fairly recently then mm-hmm. but i've got a degree in virtual reality it's fucking we should we need to do another podcast and just cover all that shit <laughs> yeah so i'm not just some weirdo that sits on clubhouse all day chatting bullshit I do actually have a really cool job. That's only half of it. <laughs> it's only the half of the thing that I do. But it's always good. You only get one life, so why not just leave it to the max and just uh, have fun? That's Push it. it that's and it. giggle. <laughs>